This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Hi everyone, this is Delfina Correa here again from Be Made Whole and the John Maxwell team. Uh, last week we started a series on how you can test your dream so that you can establish what the odds are of your dream coming to pass. Uh, this, this series is based on the book by John Maxwell, Put Your Dream to the Test. Today we're going to talk about the first question, which is the ownership question. Is my dream really my dream? <clears> T.S. <throat> Eliot said, Whatever you think, be sure it's what you think. Whatever you want, be sure it's what you want. And whatever you feel, be sure it's what you feel. I'd like to tell you two stories uh, relating to the ownership of dreams. The first story is about a friend of mine. Uh, when he told us the story of his life, he was in his early 40s and uh, he was a chartered accountant. And he was telling us how he had recently realized that uh, accounting uh, was actually not his dream. And by this age, he had been operating probably almost 20 years in the field or more or less 20 years. And um, knowing a bit about his background, uh, I came to realize that uh, his father was a chartered accountant. And uh, I, I believe he was trying to please his father by following in his father's footsteps. But it wasn't his dream. It was his father's dream. Uh, another story about um, taking ownership of a, uh, your dream is actually my own journey. When I grew up, um, my parents, uh, some of you uh, might know, my parents are the founders of Bright's Hardware. And uh, my father always spoke to us and he would always um, uh, almost uh, mentor us you know, in an uh, in an informal way, and uh, but my parents' dream was hardware stores, and uh, when we uh, grew up in the business, we naturally took on that. I took on that dream of my parents. It became my dream. It actually was my dream for many years. I I worked with passion. I was driven. I loved my job, and. I followed in that dream, but then there came a point in time when I started my own family. I had a sickly child, and uh, I began to notice that something was shifting and I had to leave that dream. And my dream was actually shifting from the uh, retail to personal or, or developing or helping my family more in my family's line. That became homeschooling over the years. And after that, uh, the homeschooling was developing my own household. But uh, after that, it went beyond my household and I began personal development. And that was all a long journey that I took. But it started out with me having my parents' dream. But actually, it was my dream. It wasn't that I'd missed my dream. It was my dream. But at some point, there came a shift. So here you see two different stories. The one where the person was living someone else's dream and another case where the person took on someone's dream for a season but then their life began to shift. And in fact, I came full circle because uh, personal development is what I do now. And my father was always, and my mother, both of them, but my father was more on the teaching side. My mother was more on the demonstrating side. But they were actually developing me all the time, me and my siblings. And 
I actually have picked up the personal development, which was a seed planted by my parents all those years ago. And it's almost like I came full circle, but I had to take the journey to get there. It was a process. So that's why I want to ask you today about your dream, if it's your dream. I'd like to mention a few contrasting points about when someone else owns your dream and when you own your dream. And maybe this will help you to identify where you are at in your career that you're in now. Maybe uh, it'll help you to see if this really is your dream or not. So if When someone else owns your dream or it's somebody else's dream, let's say, then it will not fit right for you. But when it's your dream, when you own it, it will feel right. Someone else's dream will be a weight on your shoulders. But your dream will give you wings to fly. It will give wings to your spirit. Someone else's dream will drain your energy. But your, if it's your dream, it'll fire you up. That's how I was. When I was living the dream that I had adopted from my parents, I had wings. I mean, it fired me up. It would keep me up at night. I'd work late with the greatest of pleasure to keep up with my work. And I was so fired up. But then I began to notice that all that passion was dwindling. And that's when the, the, I began to change direction and the dream began to move and to evolve into the next step, which was then for my family. So someone else's dream will put you to sleep, but your dream will keep you up at night with all kinds of ideas. Someone else's dream will take you out of your strength zone, but your dream will take you out of your comfort zone. It'll keep you so energized. You will not want to just sit around. You'll be outside of that comfort zone doing something always, always looking for something you can do. It just drives you. If someone else's dream will be fulfilling to them, but yours will be fulfilling to you. And lastly, someone else's dream will, will require others to make you do it. But your dream, uh, no one will have to tell you. You will have that feeling like I was made for this. That's when you know that that is your dream. Uh, Jim Rohn once said, uh, it's so difficult to work with people who you have to crank up every month. <laughs> you know, when it's not your dream, someone's got to crank you up. <laughs> but when it's your dream, no one will ever have to crank you up. No one had to force me to work till after midnight to attend to the admin when it was behind. No one had to force me to get up and get going to work. No one had to force me. But when my vision began to change and I began to see that my life was moving in a different direction, slowly I found it wasn't actually so much that it, I was drained, but I found a tug of war happening inside of me. I was pulling one way and I was pulling another way. There were two, I was pulling in two separate directions and I had to make a choice. You see, you can't live two different dreams or you can't live someone else's dream and your dream. They will always pull at each other. Now I want to talk about five things that you must do if you want to take ownership of your dream. Let's say you've already decided that this is your dream, but you don't know how to take ownership. Let me give you a few points today on what you should, what has to be done. These are, the, these are like, I will call them the non-negotiables. You have to do this if you want to take ownership of your dream. The first thing is you've got to be willing to bet on yourself. Are you willing to put your time, your energy even your money into it. When my uh, dream journey, on my whole uh, dream journey, I it got to a point where I'd finished with homeschooling and uh, I'd been doing personal development informally for people in terms of health, in terms of um, 
helping them with decisions they had to make. Uh, I'd been doing that for a while informally, and then I decided to make a business of it. But I didn't have the money to start that business at the time. So I had to look at what I did have. And I just took what I did and I said, I'm going to make the most of it. I'm going to give my time, my energy, whatever I can do. And I had a passion to get on radio. And that's what I'm doing today. But I, I didn't know where to start. I had no clue. All I knew was to do what I could do, what was in front of me. And that's what I did. I was so determined and so I believed that this was what I had to be doing. I was willing to bet on myself. You see, you may succeed if nobody believes in you. But you will never succeed if you don't believe in yourself. Someone once said, a healthy self-worth creates a wealthy net worth. A healthy self-worth creates a wealthy net worth. The second thing you've got to do that you must do if you want to take ownership of your dream is you need to lead your life instead of accepting your life. You see, if you want to reach your God-given potential, it's going to require you taking responsibility for yourself and your life. Leading your life, it means that you've got to make certain decisions. Some decisions you will just make once. But you've got to manage those decisions every day. You see, one of the greatest powers you have is the power of choice. So you have to choose to live intentionally so that you can lead your life. Um, if you just wake up and accept whatever happens to you every day with, and you don't have a plan and you don't have a strategy for anything, that's not leading your life. And it's never going to go anywhere. You've got to find the right dream and then you've got to manage it daily. And that's what it means to lead your life instead of accepting it. <clears throat> the third thing uh, that is a non-negotiable is you must love what you do and do what you love. You know, successful people always allow their passion and their talent to guide them. Uh, uh, Carly Fiorina was the former CEO of Hewlett Packard. And he said, love what you do or don't do it. Don't make the choice of any kind whether in career or in life, just because it pleases others or because it ranks high on someone else's scale of achievement. Make the choice to do something because it engages your heart as well as your mind. Your heart is where the passion is and your mind is where the talent is. You see, if you take talent without passion, you have all this potential without possibility. If you take passion without talent, you've got all this passion Without potential. But if you put them together, you've got potential and passion working together. And you know, in the life of a successful person, you will always find that talent and passion go hand in hand. The fourth non-negotiable, if you want to take ownership of your life, is that you mustn't compare yourself or your dream to others. Joyce Meyer very wisely said, God will help you to be all that you can be. But he will never help you to be someone else. So if you focus too much attention on who you aren't by comparing yourself to other people, then you're going to lose sight of who you need to become. You're going to lose sight of uh, or uh, you will stop giving attention to the things that need your attention so that you can become who you need to become. There's the 20-40-60 rule. It's quite funny. Uh, it goes like this. It says at 20, you spend most of your time worrying about what everybody thinks of you. When you get to 40, you just don't care what they think of you. And when you get to 60, you realize that they haven't been thinking about you at all. You were the only one who was thinking about you most of the time. So 
When you compare yourself with those who are ahead of you or superior to you, it makes you feel inferior. When you compare yourself to those who are, um, uh, you know, not where you are yet, then that makes you feel superior. And none of these are good. But when you stop comparing yourself with others, then you become empowered to create and concentrate on your own dream. You see, in life, this is always going to be the case in your life, no matter where you're at. There are always going to be people who are ahead of you in the game and people who are behind you in the game. There's always people that you can look up to, people who you can ask for help, people who can guide you and show you the way because they've been there already. And there's always going to be people who have not yet come to where you are, people who will come to you for help and people who you can go to and say, I can help you because you've already been there. In life, you're always going to find that people ahead of you and people who are not yet where you are. So don't compare yourself. We are all on our own journey. Number five of the non-negotiables is that you must believe in your vision for the future, even when others don't understand you. Journalist Anna Quindlin, she uh, won a Pulitzer Prize for journalism in 1992. She was addressing some college graduates at the Sarah Lawrence College. This is what she said to them. She said, when I quit the New York Times to be a full-time mother, the voices of the world said I was nuts. When I quit the paper again later on to be a novelist, they said I was nuts again. But if success is not on your own terms, If it looks good to the world, but it does not feel good in your soul, then it's not success at all. In my own life, I had the same situation. When I left Bright's Hardware to be at home with my family, to serve my family and to help uh, the sickly child that I had at the time, we were a board of nine members. And these are not just um, uh, associate directors. We were directors, but we were also family because Bright's Hardware is a family business. When I announced that I was leaving, there were some at the table who did not understand why I would do because I was giving up a lot. Some didn't understand. Thank God over time, you know, they all eventually came to understand why I did what I did. But it's interesting that at the time of making that choice, there were those who didn't understand. They couldn't believe that I would give up what I was giving up. They, they couldn't see why I would do that. But today they understand. Thank God. And eventually, Those who didn't understand will understand. So there's a dream inside of you. It's yours. And it's no one else's. In fact, your unique dream, which is also why you mustn't compare yourself with others because it's unique. That unique dream, it uh, it is a demonstration of your uniqueness. The fact that you are a unique human being. And it holds all your potential. Only you can birth it and only you can live it out. So don't compare yourself to others. People don't need to understand as long as you know what you're doing. I'd like to uh, end off with this thought, with this challenge. Um, you, You own your dream when you can't be talked out of it. If you can be talked out of it, then you don't own it. When you take ownership of your dream, you commit to your dream. What's your level of commitment? On a scale of 1 to 10, ask yourself that question. I would say if it's less than about a 7 or an 8, then you need to decide if it's a business or if it's a hobby. Those are decisions. It's a crossroads. You know, you need to answer that question so that you know 
what this dream really is for you. Ask yourself, what would I do if I had no limitations? Or what would I do if I knew I couldn't fail? Or what would I be willing to do every day even if I never got paid one cent for it? That's my challenge that I'm leaving you with today. Uh, Next week, we will continue with question number two. Please um, tune in again uh, as we continue with the series on how you can put your dream to the test. This is Delfina Correa from Be Made Whole and the John Maxwell team. If you want to know anything more about what I do, you can go to my website, bemadewhole.co.za, and there you'll find my books, uh, my courses, the John Maxwell courses that I'm licensed to teach, and anything else that you need to know. And please uh, do not hesitate to contact me on the contact form if there's anything else that you want to know. Thank you very much. I'll see you next week. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.